Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpachah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, March 7. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures, and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayikra, and it means, He called. Leviticus 2, 1-16 When you present grain as an offering to the Lord, the offering must consist of choice flour. You are to pour olive oil on it, sprinkle it with frankincense, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priests will scoop out a handful of the flour, moistened with oil, together with all the frankincense, and burn this representative portion on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. If your offering is a grain offering baked in an oven, it must be made of choice flour, but without any yeast. It may be presented in the form of thin cakes mixed with olive oil or wafers spread with olive oil. If your grain offering is cooked on a griddle, it must be made of choice flour mixed with olive oil, but without any yeast. Break it in pieces and pour olive oil on it. It is a grain offering. 
If your grain offering is prepared in a pan, it must be made of choice flour and olive oil. No matter how a grain offering for the Lord has been prepared, bring it to the priest, who will present it at the altar. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain offering and burn it on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons as their food. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Do not use yeast in preparing any of the grain offerings you present to the Lord, because no yeast or honey may be burned as a special gift presented to the Lord. You may add yeast and honey to an offering of the first crops of your harvest, but these must never be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. If you present a grain offering to the Lord from the first portion of your harvest, bring fresh grain that is coarsely ground and roasted on a fire. Put olive oil on this grain offering and sprinkle it with frankincense. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain moistened with oil together with all the frankincense and burn it as a special gift presented to the Lord. Mark 13, 14-37 The day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing where he should not be. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter, for there will be greater anguish in those days than at any time since God created the world, and it will never be so great again. In fact, Unless the Lord shortens that time of calamity, not a single person will survive. But for the sake of his chosen ones, he has shortened those days. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Watch out! I have warned you about this ahead of time. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, 
from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to keep watch for his return. You too must keep watch for you don't know when the master of the household will return, in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Psalm 50, 1-23 The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches, and He is not silent. Fire devours everything in His way, and a great storm rages around Him. He calls on the heavens above and earth below to witness the judgment of His people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your barns, or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But God says to the wicked, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them. And you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness, and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent, and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart 
and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Proverbs 10, 29 and 30 The way of the Lord is a stronghold to those with integrity, but it destroys the wicked. The godly will never be disturbed, but the wicked will be removed from the land. I'd like to speak to you from Leviticus 2 and pair that with Psalm 50, and then we're going to jump into Mark chapter 13. And in Leviticus chapter 2, we looked at um, a number of different kinds of grain offerings and how the grain offerings can be prepared and then given to the priest, and then the priest puts it upon the altar to be burned as a sweet aroma and a fragrance unto the Lord. And in Psalm 50, verse 5, it reads, Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Verse 8 goes on to say, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer, but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens, for all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Finally, the psalm concludes with verse 23, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Now, we don't have a temple today where these uh, sacrifices can be made. And so, because there is no temple, these sacrifices of grain offering aren't able to be offered. Now, notice these grain offerings, they are not regarding sin. They are thank offerings. They're great, you know, to show gratitude show thanksgiving and psalm 50 is telling us how we can show thanks to god in the absence of an altar of an altar and a temple he says in verse 23 giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me if you keep to my path i will reveal to you the salvation of god we are living in desperate times We're living in very difficult and trying times. And many, many people have been impacted in a huge way from this COVID pandemic. There have been those who've lost jobs, whose businesses have gone down, um, those who've had to retire or quit or get fired because they refused to take the jab. Um, And so it's really been, there are those who've lost loved ones who've died from COVID, or who have died from adverse reactions to the bioweapon injection. So there's been a lot of sorrow and grief and death and tribulation in the times that we're now living in. And what the Father is saying here is that we can offer thanksgiving unto Him, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of grief even in the midst of trial and tribulation, that we can show praise and thanksgiving unto him, and that this is 
a sacrifice that truly honors him. Okay, now I want to jump into Mark chapter 13. And here Yeshua is outlining some of the signs that will immediately precede his second coming. And one of the big signs is he talks about this abomination that causes desolation, a false idol that will be set up on the Temple Mount, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration, standing where he should not be. And then he says, when you see that, then let those who are in Judea, let those who are living in the land of Israel, they must flee to the hills immediately. When the Antichrist sets up his idolatrous figure up on the Temple Mount, they must flee immediately. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. Now those of us who are still in the diaspora, we may have yet a little bit more time. He goes on to say, For there will be greater anguish in those days than at any time since God created the world. Great anguish. We've been through some anguishing times in the year 2020, in the year 2021, and even now in the year 2022. What with this Russia-Ukraine flashpoint war that is flaring up. And yet this will be a time of greater anguish than any other time since God created the world. But in his mercy, God is going to shorten that time of calamity. He's going to shorten it. For the sake of his chosen ones, he will shorten it. He goes. He gives us another sign to be watching for. And that sign is mentioned in verse 24. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. This is huge. What could cause something like that? Well, a few years ago, we had the blood moon eclipses that occurred four in a row. First on a Passover, then a Sukkot, then a Passover, then a Sukkot. And the moon turned blood red, and it was an eclipse. But I don't think that that fulfilled this scripture. The sun will be darkened, the moon give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Perhaps it'll simply be that God Almighty himself will cause these signs to occur. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. So here we have the beginning, I believe, of the greater exodus. It's a point, a defining moment, an event in time, where angels are sent on assignment to do a mission, to gather to gather his chosen ones. Now, I do not believe this is talking about a rapture, where poof, you're out of here. No, it's a gathering, kind of like how the angel grabbed Lot by the scruff of the neck 
and pulled him out of Sodom and Gomorrah just in the nick of time before Sodom was destroyed with fire and brimstone because Lot kind of delayed. He was lollygagging. He didn't get out quickly like he was told to do. So the angel grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and pulled him out. And then Lot walked on foot to the hills. He fled to the hills. It goes on to say, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. It continues in verse 36. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Watch for the return of Yeshua. Be watching. Don't go to sleep. Don't get caught up in all the things of the world and worldly cares and anxieties and, you know, building bigger barns and climbing the corporate ladder and trying to build up your 401k and and all this worldly stuff that your eyes are not looking for and watching for the return of Yeshua. It should be something that gets us excited, something that we deeply anticipate, that we can hardly wait for. And especially as the world is going to hell in a handbasket and things are just coming unraveled, and all things of normalcy are gone, and we'll never go back to normal. The evil in this world, and the agenda of the evil ones, the wicked ones who were in partners, partnership with Hasatan, uh, their agenda is unfolding, and it's causing misery and suffering and death. And so we want something better. We want to see Yeshua return and establish his 1,000-year rule and reign over all the nations of the earth. Because with King Yeshua at the helm and in the throne, life will be a lot better. And that's something to look forward to. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you will put it in our heart and in our spirit to be watching for the return of Messiah, to be watching for signs that he is coming back soon, that he's coming back soon, and that that would bring us joy and delight and hope. We thank you, Yeshua, that you have told us these things in advance. May we not go to sleep spiritually, but may we watch keenly, intently, with alertness. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Yeah, yeah, Adonai, Anavilaka, Vikuneka.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.